the vibes. Welcome back to the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. BJ Armstrong, real name, no gimmicks. Momootsy here again. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, we ain't, we ain't said that one in like a whole year. I, 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 man, I know, Mo, I know. Because <laughs> I'd say, I I'd say I PJ it. Armstrong and you say real name, no gimmicks. And then yeah, yeah, I don't know what know happened what? with it, but it's back. I brought I got, it back. I got to get, okay? I got to get back. I got to get back on my, I got to get back on my, uh, I gotta get back on my on my on what's going on here. I gotta get back on. You know it, so. what I'm saying? But uh, BJ's back from uh, downtown Los Angeles, where yes. he was in the building to witness yes. history being made. We guessed correctly, by the way, BJ. Yesterday, I was panicking before the game. Like, yo, oh, if LeBron doesn't break the record, our podcast is gonna sound weird. Well, he broke the record. Shouldn't have doubted him. And our podcast sounded fun. Fine. So, BJ, what was it like being in a building for that historic moment last night and seeing history being made? You know, it, it was interesting, but it was interesting. Um, it was interesting, but it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. And, and, and what I mean by that, it was first, first, it felt like All-Star Weekend to me. It was a production. Yeah, the, the commentator okay. said it felt like a playoff game, but I wasn't getting playoff vibes. Well, from I didn't get the playoff vibe. It was like, you know, like, you know, when you go to the All-Star game, when your favorite player touches the ball, you start clapping because you want to see your favorite yeah, player yeah. do something. Well, every time LeBron got the ball, everybody started clapping because everyone mm -hmm. just was there like, we're only here to see him score. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the teams... The teams were playing, not Oklahoma City, but the Lakers were playing with the idea that, you know, hey, we want to get this guy 36 points and LeBron delivered. So yes. it had it had a it, there, there were there were a lot of celebrities in the building. LeBron clearly he once again, when the spotlight is big, he he shows up and he delivered and it was it was a funny type of feeling in the building because you know it it, it wasn't it wasn't like it didn't matter it, it felt like it didn't matter who won it was just we're all here to see lebron and every time he would score the scoreboard would do a countdown and yep and one of the one of the most interesting things there's that word again was once he did break the record they just stopped the game it wasn't like wait till the quarter ends or after the game, they just stop the game and celebrate it. Yeah. <laughs> and people just, and people just walked out on the court. It was like, and these people just came out of nowhere. I don't know where they were at. It's just like, they just came out of nowhere and everyone just crashed in the middle of the court, but it was very cool. Um, it was one of those moments that you'll, you'll see like, wow, like, Kareem was there, which was cool. Like that, that it was like they, oh, they wow. did Kareem dirty yeah. though. They panned the camera to him after every single bucket LeBron made, and Kareem's there, and like everyone on Twitter is saying Kareem looks pissed off, but like he's just watching a basketball game. More to the point that he's watching his team, the LA Lakers, because you right. said everyone's there to see LeBron and not the actual game. It's actually a very important game. OKC are now yes. 11th place in the West and the Lakers are now down in 13th in that race to the play-in. That was actually a very important game. Those teams only see each other three times in the NBA season. So that is actually an important matchup that the Lakers really needed to win. So yes, they, yes, Kareem they looking pissed off. I don't think it was because of LeBron's record. I think it was more to the fact that 
looking at what kind of franchise the Lakers have become. Yeah, it, it's, that's a it's whole tough discussion. right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I just wanted to say this. It was, it was electric. You you felt the energy in the building. And what was cool about it is, you know, I don't know. Mo, I'm, I'm assuming you've been to an LA game or or a Laker game. No, you know, it's a very no. Okay, BJ, well, I've never. Been never that's how green okay, my blood so, is. I've never. So let me been give to the, let LA me game. give the joking. Give I can't afford tickets. A, yeah, like, give, one day. I'm gonna give our. I'm gonna give. The, our listeners of what it's like you know in Lakerland, you know it's a thing where you're fashionably late <laughs> okay you don't show up when the game starts you kind of trickle in around the you know second quarter you know and the more important you are the later you show up last night everyone was on time <laughs> everyone was on time and it was filled to capacity and every time he touched the ball, people just started screaming. And, and it was just, and you just was like, we were there to watch him play, really. LeBron, if it was just LeBron versus the OKC Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder, that would have been just as good. We didn't care. The Lake, the fans didn't care. And that's what it felt like. But it was amazing to watch. It was incredible. Kareem was there, Magic was there, all the stars, all the celebrities, everyone was there. Jay-Z was in the building. Was there. Everyone was there. You know, so, and it, it was great. It was a really, really cool moment. And, and one of the coolest things I saw, which I was sitting next to this, this gentleman, and his son was about 10 years old. And I just started talking to him and I started talking to his son and his son was like, you know, isn't this cool that I'm, you know, we are talking. I was like, oh, this is great. This is like, you know, you, you get a chance to see LeBron. And then his father was saying how he was a kid and he saw Kareem. And oh, I thought wow. that was really, and I thought that was really cool. And I, 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 I so there was like, it was like moments like it's that. Generational. That, that really, it's generational. Yeah, the year yeah. Kareem overtook Wilt Chamberlain was 1984. That was the same yeah. year LeBron James was born. So yeah. maybe a child being born this year is going to be the one who breaks the record. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I just thought it was really cool. I just thought it was, it, it was so much, and, and we were watching history. I mean, Mo, I, I, was, I was there in the building. And, and, and when they, it didn't really hit me, Mo, until I saw the number 38,000 points. And I thought, wow. Like, I thought, wow. Now, what I'm going to do, Mo, here for 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 you and our, our listeners is I'm going to go down in my in, in my garage and I'm going to try to find my scouting report on LeBron James. Oh, as a freshman wow. Oh, wow. That's going to be something special. I'm going I'm to try to find it. Um, I'm going to go try to find if I can find that what I thought of LeBron James. And like that would be like 2000. Like when did he come in the league? Like 2000 league, he was drafted in 2003. 2003. So, so the scouting he, like, report would be two, yeah, 2002. Like two, two, yeah, two thousand. Yeah. So I'm going to go try to find my scouting report on LeBron James uh, for 2002 and and see if I can pull that up. And I thought, wow, wow I, I've been watching him for well, quite some time. Speaking so speaking of scouting reports, BJ, I wrote a 2000 and something word in-depth detailed report 
on just how LeBron James has evolved as a scorer and how he's managed to break that record. And I've actually published that um, for our beautiful listeners to actually have a read of. So if that's something that interests you, I tweeted out the link. You can check it out on hoopgenius.substack.com. They could check that out because, you know, I really looked at how he's evolved because when he came into the league and the player he is now, it's it's a completely different animal. So, you know, I, I, I put that together. And um, I looked at multitude of factors and, you know, I started off my career as a writer. Most people who listen to this show, they kind of know me from the TV or they know me from the podcast or YouTube videos. But I was actually a writer before and I'm looking to get back into that. I'm looking to bring back the Mm. art. You know what I'm saying? Looking to bring Mm -hmm. back the art. But that's another conversation. We've got to talk about the Lakers. We've talked about LeBron James and how amazing that feat is. Uh, one part that was interesting to me, why were his kids wearing Jordans to watch his dad break the record? Why couldn't you just wear LeBron's for just, just the day? Come on. Come on, guys. Okay. okay. Well, I, well, I can, I, I can listen to everyone else. He's LeBron James. So yeah, to them, he's them just the guy in the house. He, he's like, a, <laughs> he's, no, he's dad. That's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Whoa, my kids. My older kids, you know, I told them that I played. They they were born after I played, right? So they never got a chance to see me play. For them, they didn't. Re- I don't think they believed that I played until after <laughs> the last dance. <laughs> okay, now you're laughing, Mo, but imagine they're like, "Sure, you played, Dad." <laughs> Sure. Like, I'm not going to lie. If, if I have a kid, yeah. I'm going to see how long I can convince it that I was an NBA player before it finds out the truth that I was yeah, 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 just a like, reporter. Like, <laughs> you know, my kids are like, Dad, how did you really, you know, put yourself on these YouTube videos? Like, seriously, they're joking, but not really. But after, now they haven't joked. Once the last dance came out, then that's when they said, okay. So for the kids, and I get it, like, that's just dad. I, I get it. That's like, hey, man, you know, you may be whoever you are to someone else, but hey, man, dad, I, I you know, you're, you're just you're just the dad. So I get it. That's what you're supposed okay. to do. All okay. their friends were Jordan. So why would imagine this, Mo? You come into you're coming to school and your with dad your dad's shoes, shoes on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Listen, if no, my Mo, dad was LeBron cool. James, I'd come in in a full LeBron jersey every day and no one said No, 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 you would No, you would No, you would to me. No, you wouldn't. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. You wouldn't. You, you wouldn't say that. You, um, you wouldn't do that. I mean, well, we got to talk about the Lakers after a, another loss against OKC, who actually played really well. You know, it's good for some of those guys who go under the radar to get some of the spotlight. But breaking news or breaking reported apparent news that might happen soon probably might happen by the time this podcast comes out. So we're going to get ahead of the curve now. The reports are coming out that Lakers, the Jazz and the Timberwolves have been discussing a three-team trade that would send D'Angelo Russell to Los Angeles, Mike Conley Jr. to Minnesota and Russell Westbrook to Utah. Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt have also been discussed in the framework of the deal heading to the LA Lakers. Now, here's where I stand on that. The Utah Jazz would look to buy out Russell Westbrook's contract and he can go and sign where he pleases. Perhaps the Clippers, who we discussed, that need another ball handler. He might go in there and take in John Wall's role on, on that team. Or, you know, he might head elsewhere. You know, Charlotte are a big fan of him and he could end up somewhere nice. Um, Mike Conley mm-hmm. to Minnesota, that's just 
you know, I, I kind of like that fit a little bit better, but that's just essentially his contract's going to come off the books eventually. But D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, and Malik Beasley is an absolute steal for the Lakers. I think that's a huge upgrade to their roster. What are your thoughts and reactions if that trade was to happen, B? If Malik Beasley and... Jared Vanderbilt and, and D'Angelo Russell. Here's, here, here's my thing with the Lakers. Here's my thing with the Lakers. And it's, it's probably because I live out here. So whatever the Lakers do, Mo, whatever they decide to do, whether they do this deal, another deal, or what have you, if they do this deal, they're done for free agency. Yes. Whatever they do, yeah, they're going to be done. So in terms of flexibility, I would, if you were asking me, stand I pat. would probably, I would stand pat. Why? Because I, I don't think that, I don't, I don't think those three players, which I think they're all really good players. I think that's a upgrade to their current roster, but I don't think that pushes them over the top. I mean, you do have 30 million coming off the books with Delo's contract that expires, but you don't have but you got 40 it, but you got coming it. off like Russ. Right, but you got to replace Delo. So here's the thing. If you get D'Lo and D'Lo decides to leave, now what? Yep. I hear That's it. What I'm saying. It's not like, it's not like, it's not like, all right. You know, I, I mean, it's not like it's a, a bunch of players out there in free agency, you know, where you're just saying we can. No, this, you know, free agent, this, this summer's free agents aren't the strongest class of free agents available. So. I, again, whatever they decide to do, if they decide to do this, then this is the Lakers team. So then they're going to come to free agency and then Laker Nation is going to say what? Yeah. Cool. You, you know what I mean? So whatever they decide to do, I just hope that they do it with the idea of saying this is our team and be committed to that. I would hope Pat because right now they're in 13th. Okay, so what? You get from 13th to what? Ninth? 10? Yeah, ten. <laughs> yeah, and then you're still okay. You, so you did all of this for one extra play-in game. Well, their thing is, if you've got LeBron and you're in a playoff series, that LeBron could do what LeBron has done historically. But I hear where you're coming from. I hear, I hear what you're saying. Um, it's tough this year because there's the the league is wide open this year, right? There are so many teams that right. think they can make a push for the playoffs or make a push for the finals or whatever that there are so many buyers and so little sellers at the trade deadline. So that team like Utah, for example, who are a seller, they have so much more leverage in these negotiations to demand more picks or we want this team involved because we want this from them as well than they would in a usual situation. The economy of NBA trades, the landscape of that is wildly uh, wildly uneven this year, in, in my opinion. I just want to circle back quickly, though, to the Lakers. Now, obviously, you were in the arena. I'm not sure where you were sitting, but did you see Anthony Davis whilst all of this was yeah, happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You must I, have I saw did, the videos all over social media. Saw the video, and what's I, going I saw, on? There was something. No, there was something going on with their team. I don't know. There, there was something going on. And look, my my background in this business after I was playing was, which I advise everyone who wants to work in sports to whatever, whatever it is you decide to do, whether you want to be an executive or whatever, is learn how to scout. 
because scouting is the foundation, right? Talent is the foundation of a franchise, of a team, and you know everything, marketing, whatever comes from there. So when you go to a game, you can see body language and all those things and timeouts and how people are communicating and all those things. Most something was going on with their team right before halftime. If you go back and watch the game, I don't know what was going on. Do right you think that halftime. some of the players were upset that they weren't actually trying to win the game and they were getting cooked by the OKC Thunder? Just I, for I, I can't verify that. I can't verify that because it was a close game at halftime. Everything was going... but. No matter what was going on, you're seeing a historic moment. Even LeBron's biggest rivals, yeah, yeah. Paul Pierce. Something happened. Mo, that's what I'm saying. Paul Pierce, this is another Something happened, one that you wouldn't have seen. Paul Pierce must have been drunk off his face right now because the tweet that he put out when LeBron broke the record was absolutely hilarious. He put out a tweet acknowledging LeBron as... Uh, I'm going to read it to you because I hope it's still up there on his page because there were so many typos. Honor to say I had a chance to match up with the G-A-O-T. So he spelt goat wrong and a capital T. I've never, I've always never acknowledged you as king, but you truly are the king. Hashtag I respect. No player in NBA history had the pressure of coming in the league to exceed expectations. And not only have you live up to it, but you have surpassed it. Hashtag all hail the king. Now that's one of LeBron's biggest rivals. They hated each other when they played. You know, the two teams hated each other when they played throughout the years. So Paul Pierce is there celebrating LeBron. Anthony Davis, at the very moment that happened, went and sat down on the bench as the entire arena is on their feet. And it seemed like he was disinterested. He didn't even crack a smile when LeBron hit that shot. So whatever issue it was with the team at halftime, surely it might be something bigger than possibly just that, because that's your guy. You've gone and left the city of New Orleans to play with your guy. You've signed with Clutch Sports to be with your guy. You've won a championship in the bubble with your guy. And to not even acknowledge that moment, I found that very odd. Do you want to hear my conspiracy? Yes. My conspiracy goes as follows. LeBron James, potentially, this is obviously just a made-up thing that I was thinking about. Why could Anthony Davis be so angry? What if LeBron James had said to his the Lakers management, trade Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook for Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant? And obviously, Brooklyn said no. And somehow Anthony Davis has found out and now he's all mad at LeBron because that's the only thing that I think could be big enough that he wouldn't even want to <laughs> celebrate in that moment. Obviously, it's not going to leak in the media because Clutch won't let it leak. But that's my theory because a little argument at halftime about losing the game or whatever's going on, you know, everyone in the world was celebrating LeBron regardless of whether you think he's the best or not. And for one of his closest guys in the league to be sat down disinterested really looks odd to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I But what I do know, something happened right before halftime. Something mm. happened. I, and now, I, I don't know what happened, but it, it was triggered with Russell, right? Right. Because he came out. If you look at the, if you look at it, LeBron came up to the scores table with about two or three minutes to go. In the half or in the third quarter? In the half. In the half. Okay. And, and it went, you know, there was like no whistle. So it just went, you know, and before he came in, it was like, I don't know, less than like 30 seconds. And Russell, you know, you got to watch it, Mo. You got to watch it. Mm -hmm. Promise me you'll watch this. I will watch Russell it. walked so slow to the bench. Yeah. That you're like, what is going on here? He walked right. He didn't give anybody any dap. And he just walked all the way to the end of the bench. And 
And Mo, it was so awkward. Okay, I don't know if you can see it on television that they called a, a delay of game because he didn't even sit down on the bench. Because you know now they you make can't you, be, they yeah, you can't be standing. Yeah, he was. He just stood at the corner, and he was talking to the coaches, and it was very awkward. Well, like even before the game in the pregame warmups, Russell was usually dancing in a pregame, and that the whole Lakers team is dancing and happy. Russell looked very off before the game. Yeah, even I don't began. know. I don't, and he actually came out in the first half, and I thought he played pretty well. He had obviously two really bad passes that were turnovers, but aside from that, he made some great passes. He hit some threes that we don't usually see from him. So I don't know what's going on. I'm sure we might find yeah, out soon. And then Anthony Davis, there was something going on, but you know, it'd be like all of a sudden everything is going fine, and all of a sudden, like some di somebody did the Thanos theme and snapped. Mm. And well, there was reportedly and, and a, it changed a heated discussion between the coaches and Russell Westbrook in the locker room. Yeah, and, that's what uh, it's something happened. Most something happened, and then yeah. when he came out in the in the second half, Anthony Davis and Russell, I don't know, and 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 the whole thing, and then the game got away from him. So whatever happened, I could believe that something happened at halftime for sure. Well. Who knows? But let's talk about the best team in the history of sports, the Boston Celtics, not the LA Lakers, <laughs> um, because Boston won all their championships in Boston, unlike the Lakers, who actually didn't win some of theirs in LA. But that's another conversation. We're going to talk about the Boston Celtics, who have been exploring the combined outgoing values of Danilo Gallinari, who's obviously injured for the season, and Peyton Pritchard, who went on Andre Iguodala's podcast recently and said he wants a bigger role elsewhere, well, when he's mm -hmm. done in Boston. And the Celtics are searching for a center. Two names that have come out, according to Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports, are Jakob Pertl and Mo Bamba. What do you think about this move? For the Celtics? Yes. Yeah, and neither one of them moves the needle for me. No. You know, the one I'm more... Neither one. The one I'm more concerned about or, or looking at is Grant Williams. Because the Miami Heat seems to be very interested in him. He wants to get around 20 million in free agency and he believes he can get it. So if the Celtics think he's going to walk this summer, they might move him before the deadline. But in my well, opinion, they should just keep you know. him. What do you think? Well, you can't pay everyone. Yeah, well, you can't pay everyone. But with the salary cap you know, going up, you could yeah, pay him but... closer to what he wanted and put some contract incentives in there. Give him a bonus if they win a championship. Yeah, you, you know, it's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're going to pay him, let's say you do pay him $20 million, okay? You know, Jalen Brown is going to be up here, what? He's free agent in two years, I think, 2024. Yeah, okay. All right, so he's going to be eligible for an extension. Al Horford, you're going to have to replace that, okay? At, well, Grant at, at Williams point. should be the replacement for Al Horford. Versatile defender. Can shoot the three ball. Okay, that, that 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 that's that is an option. However, I don't. I, I'm not sure if he is big enough. Okay, mm. to play against the following. You know, you you got the Cleveland Cavaliers. Those are two seven footers. Yeah, Giannis and what's the name? Those are two seven footers. Yeah. So, I I would think as you're constructing your team and I and I really like Grant Williams. I mean uh, look get 30 million whatever it is you can get. You know, it's it's you know, these guys 
are seven feet. You know, they're 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 seven feet. They're seven footers, and you know, he's what six. He's six, he, seven, six, six, maybe? maybe. He's six, a six, smaller six, guy, seven. but he's a big body. Okay. He plays but bigger he's a than big he body. is. And I, I think he is terrific. Yeah, I think he's a he's great player. He's found his niche. He's a terrific player in his role, okay? But when you start, you know, talking about, and there's one thing you have to always remember when you're coming off the bench, and I, and I had the pleasure of doing both. It's a whole lot different playing as a starter than it is coming off the bench and and also i was going to say most of his shots he shoots a great percentage but most of his shots are wide open playing alongside jason tatum and Jalen brown facilitates for wide open shots for guys like grant williams going to another team if yeah. you play on the miami heat you're not going to be wide open like you are in boston so are you going to be able to be as effective on the offensive side without those two centerpieces of the offense in the two jays in boston yeah i i i just think that i i if what I can I can see both sides of the argument. And the one that I think the Celtics are saying is, you know, I'm sure they're concerned about the health of Grant of of Rob Williams. And one of the things that makes the Celtics, you know, to me gives them an advantage. They are a big team when Marcus Smart starting at the point guard. He's six four or so. You got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They're both Jason Tatum's got to be six ten. You know he's got to be about six ten. I know he listed like six eight or something, but he's about he's every bit of six he's, nine six ten. He, he's tall. And then and then Al Horford is what six nine six ten. Yep. And then Grant Williams is what six ten six eleven or somewhere around there. Rob Williams. So they, they yeah right, Rob Williams yeah. So they're a really big team. Yeah. And they're versatile and they can play. So I think that's an advantage for them. However. If you change that with Rob Williams, you are, a, you know, you got girth. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I don't know what that does and how you're going to replace your depth. Okay. So I, I think, you know, they'll figure it out. I, I, I would, for the Celtics, I hope that he stays there because he's really, that's a nice role he's he's carved out for himself there in Boston. And... Okay. You know, and I, and I just don't know how he matches up playing 30-something minutes. Not to say he can't do it against the Bam out of Bayou's and those guys who are frontline players. You know, that, that's a that's a different that's a different responsibility. And um it looks as if if what you're saying is true, that I think the Celtics have, have their concerns as well. Well, we're going to find out because the trade deadline is tomorrow. That means tomorrow night we're going to have to do an episode recapping the potential moves that happen at the trade deadline. And I'm sure that's going to be a very busy, very action-packed episode. So stay tuned. Don't miss a beat. And uh, subscribe to the show. You guys know what it is. The Hoop Genius Podcast. You know, LeBron James put up 38,000 points. We're trying to get to 38,000 listeners. So share the show with a friend. Uh, we appreciate we appreciate each and every one of you who shows love and we'll be back tomorrow with more so in the meantime get buckets <laughs>